This week's episode of Kaiju Weekly is brought to you by Diamond Kick Chocolate Bars. One bite, and you'll unleash the kaiju inside of you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me for the third week in a row is Michael from the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing perfect. Uh, I think we just, I just told you just a few minutes ago that I'm, I'm recovering from a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, my wife and I just got back from, um, from from a much much needed vacation in New York City, it was our first time uh, being there, and we really enjoyed ourselves. Um, but being sick for the majority of the time really wasn't yeah. a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it was it was a good trip. I really enjoyed it. I'm rec- I'm slowly recovering from my sinus infection. Mm. Um. And other than that, I mean, I feel pretty good. Well, that's good. Uh, well, I'm glad that, I mean, it's not good that you got sick on vacation, but I'm glad that you're getting over it and that you're able to join us this week. <laughs> no, it was, it, yeah, it, it was good. Uh, I mean, it, it, I feel, like I said, I feel fine now. And while I was gone, uh, just to bring it back to this conversation, I got to see some of our favorite landmarks, our, from oh, our yeah. kaiju-related landmarks, um, I, I, maybe a little building that some of you may know of, like the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to see that. I'm not. I can't recall what movie it was. What it was most famous from, but maybe you <laughs> can help me out. But um, something to do with some kind of ape and uh, a blonde yeah, something woman. Like that. I think it, a blonde woman and a chimpanzee. Is that what? Yeah, it, is that what it was. Yeah, something I think like that's that? what. Something like that. <laughs> okay. Well, I got to see that, and then we got to vi- we got to drive over the Brooklyn Bridge and. Um, as we all know, that is the ending, the tragic ending to one of our favorite films in the community, Roland Emmerich's Godzilla 1998. <laughs> also, it, it was also featured in Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, so don't forget about that. That is true. You are correct. You are correct. <laughs> oh, man. And did you get to see the Statue of Liberty? Uh, we did. Yeah, it was. We, we spent the day. We went to the statue. Um uh, I was actually sick one day, so I had to. I sat out on the 9/11 memorial, but my wife said it was beautiful. Oh, okay. Uh, we went down. We went. We actually went down there with some friends, so she did have company. I'm not going to send my wife out in the middle of New York City uh, <laughs> by herself. I'm, that would be a terrible idea. Oh, New York's um, not that bad. Uh, you know, it was a lot. It was a. I um, I expected it to be worse. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, but I'm sort of a, a, a pessimist when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm from a small town and I've only, I've never been to a very large, busy city like New York before. And, but it was, a, oh, it was so a this, really good. This was your first time going to New York then. It was my very first time going to New oh, York. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been it to New York th- a few times. Um, I am from, you know, people know i'm from the deep south so i'm i live a long ways away from new york so it it takes a lot for me to get there um but i have been uh a few times and i i love the city i really do i I mean i'm from a small town too but there's something about the convenience of the city that i just love and uh you know i i think my second trip 
I took to New York, I was in Harlem and I just walked around Harlem by myself. And oh, wow. I, was, okay. I was like, hey, you know what? You know, if you act like you belong there, nobody questions it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Now, I will say this, and this is something I was telling a friend of mine after we come back, but we took the subway uh, a few times while we were down there. And uh, um, I, I told them that every trope and stereotype that you would think of about the new york subway system Mm -hmm. i can confirm that is absolutely 100 percent true oh yeah so uh i i I bet it was good but i I, i'm not trying to knock new york it was a really really good experience i'm i'm happy we got to do it and i would actually go back now that now that i've been there and i've seen that it's really i mean it's busy Mm-hmm. But it's nowhere near as busy as I was sort of expecting. Now, if right. I were to go back in the summertime when there's probably more people out or whatever, yeah. it may be a little bit of a different story. But while we were there, it really wasn't it, – it just really wasn't that bad at all. We weren't like bumping shoulders with everybody like you would see on a on a movie or some, or a television right. show or whatever. It's, it wasn't like that at all. It was just a really good experience It was, and it was a much needed vacation. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It's a different type of busy. You know, the thing about New York is it's not busy so much as there's just like floods and floods of people. There are tons of people. I, you know, I've been there at all different times of the year and there's tons of people, but everybody knows where they're going and everybody has a place to go. So it's kind of like, you know, everybody's kind of minding their own business and getting where they're going. So it, it's not, it's a different type of busy than you might experience in some other cities. But uh, yeah, I love the city, but uh, I, I, the only reason I even brought up uh, the Statue of Liberty was because you were mentioning movies that, you know, giant monster movies. And of course the Statue of Liberty being uh, destroyed in Cloverfield. So, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so Kaiju, bringing it back yes, to that conversation. Yes, and, and you know, we've got such a big amount of news to talk about this week, and we're sitting here talking about <laughs> vacations. <laughs> before, but before we do that, Travis, I want to uh-huh, do something yeah. really. I, I want to do something really special. Yeah, go um, for it. It is. Uh, I received in the mail yesterday a very special gift uh, from a friend of the podcast. Um, if anybody is familiar with the Monsters vs. Men podcast mm-hmm. uh, run by Alex and Eric, uh, mm-hmm. two awesome guys. I think Eric is 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 the newbie to mm-hmm. the community, yeah. whereas Alex is more the expert. But anyway, yeah, I they're think, I think I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they started their uh, adventure into into the Heisei area into the Heisei era uh, mm-hmm. in January, and during one of the episodes, they uh, had a little contest, and so mm-hmm. basically, Eric and Alex they did some dialogue during their 1984 episode, um, and if you guessed where the dialogue came from, you won a prize, and the prize was a one of a kind. Um, drawing from one of the co-stars of that podcast, Theo. And oh, if anyone's ever listened to that I podcast the and they theometer. know all about the theometer. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to, I love the theometer. I really love the theometer. And I'm going to say this right now, just because I know they're going to be listening. Oh yeah. Um, that kid is absolutely wise beyond his years. Absolutely. He is a very astute astute kid. So I'm going to open this yeah, envelope yeah, live while we're it. talking right now because I have not actually seen this yet. Uh, so this is uh, supposed to be a one-of-a-kind uh, piece of art from Theo himself. And if I remember correctly, it was supposed to be a drawing of Godzilla 1984. 
and I'm looking at this thing, and it is absolutely amazing. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> his attention to detail is fantastic. Um, I love, yeah. I love his sort of his abstract representation <laughs> of the buildings. I, love I, it. I really think that, I think that's interesting. Um, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure if if Godzilla is supposed to be spitting his atomic <laughs> breath or if he's drinking water. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but um, but yeah, it's it's really good. And you know, I went to school for uh, graphic design and, and web development, and you know, I'm going to say <laughs> hey. that in a few years, this kid, yeah, I mean, he's going to be he's he's going to be a, he's going to be a rock star. He's already a rock star. Uh, I love this. I, this is this is probably oh, going to wow. go. Right next to my extra copy of the Criterion Collection, and so, um, so yeah. Thank you so much, Theo, for this for this amazing drawing. We really, oh, yeah. I really appreciate it, uh, and I know that Travis really appreciates getting to to view it live on the air right now. So, uh, so yeah, and we absolutely love your podcast, um, uh, Eric and Alex. And you've so definitely got to share that on social media to us right now. Um, too, and if you haven't checked so. out Monster. Absolutely. I will, after we're done here, I'm going to post some, some pictures of it. So, uh, yeah, if you guys haven't checked out Monsters vs. Men, go look it up on Apple Podcasts. I think they're also on Spotify. Um, and you won't regret yeah, it. It's a great it's podcast. Definitely it's definitely one of my faves to listen to each week. Um, or each time an episode comes out, I just, I, I love it. Uh, I think one of my favorite, uh, things that the theometer, that's happened on the theometer was I'm wanting to remember which episode it was now and I might be getting it wrong, but I think it was the Mecha Godzilla versus, you know, versus Mecha Godzilla episode when uh, they asked him how scary was Mecha Godzilla. And he said, 10 foot scary. And I think I just, it was, I think it was 10 uh, on a scale of one to on a scale of one to t- was it? Well, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was super, it was super cute. I'll be yes. With you. It was um, so cute. It was like 10, it was like between, it was like 10 to a thousand or something like yeah. that. I, like, yeah. a, like, a, like a, like a typical kid answer. And it was just great. I, I love yeah. it. I, it I love cute. the theometer. I love the podcast. Yeah. So creative and such a unique idea for that podcast. All right. Well, we have faffed around a lot and now it's time to uh, jump into the news. Um, so we have a lot of news. Most of it is Godzilla news this week, but we are going to be talking about just a few things that are non-Godzilla first. Uh, first of all, sad news. Um, over the time that since our last recording, uh, the prolific tokusatsu writer uh, Shozo uh, Uehara uh, passed away at the age of 82. He's best known for his writings and many entries in the Ultra series. Uh, he wrote for Super Sentai, uh, and he also uh, wrote for Toei's Spider-Man, Subitaman, uh, and also Common Rider Black. So he was a very prolific, very... Uh, uh, what do I want to say? A uh, well-known writer, uh, especially in the tokusatsu community, and so him passing at 82, it's very sad news. Um, so we wanted to give him some respect by mentioning it here on the podcast. Um, second bit of news: Mill Creek has announced the release of Ultraman Ace. Woo! That's going to be April twenty-first, twenty twenty. So oh, we're gonna... looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Looking forward so, to that release. I have, uh, I've already pre-ordered all the other ones, and so mm-hmm. I'm sure that when it comes up, I think I don't know if it's, I haven't looked yet, but if it's up on the Amazon Prime, if it's up on Prime or if it's up on Amazon 
the Mill Creek store on Amazon. There we go. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that I will add that to my pre-order list since I'm super excited. Um, I'm super excited just to the fact that Mill Creek is just doing all of these great releases. Yeah. And specifically in order. Now, there's been some out-of-order releases like Ultra Orb and Ultra Geed and some other things. Uh, but that's fine. But I'm super happy that they're releasing all the classic Ultraman stuff in order. Mm-hmm. Just so yeah. that I can watch them all in order and right. kind of get the, try to get the mythology or try to get the, the, the filmography or the Jesus, the, um, the whole series in order as it was, uh, intended right. to be. Yeah. And I think their plan was they, cause I think Ultraman Orb and Geed, uh, were, one of them are two of the most recent series in the Ultraman. They were 2016, series. I believe. Yeah, so I think they were going with like here's some of the most recent ones, and then also here's the you know, the original ones in order. So that way, you know, you get kind of both sides of the Ultra series. You get the most recent and the originals. Um, so yeah, that it, it made sense to me. But yeah, yeah, I I like that they are releasing these in order. We had Ultra Seven just recently came out now we're having ultraman ace come out so we're moving along on the ultra series now one of the interesting things about it coming out in april is april is also supposed to be the release date of the season two of the netflix series okay cool so we're going to be getting ultraman ace and season two of the netflix ultraman in the same month i was actually more receptive of the the ultraman anime than I was mm-hmm. the ultra than I was the Godzilla anime. Yeah, uh, only probably because I'm I'm super new to Ultraman, so I'm right. so I'm willing I'm willing to just be more open minded to that. Whereas I know this is going to sound really terrible. Where I'm not, I just don't want people to mess with my <laughs> my my Goji my my Godzilla films and stuff like that. So I I want to keep it pretty traditional. And I just didn't enjoy the anime series for Godzilla, but that's neither here nor there. We're not here right. To talk about yeah. That. Yeah. Um, so moving on to all of our Godzilla news, we've got a, and I have it in my show notes, a quote unquote cool new design for Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla is <laughs> going to be making another, or has made, he's, it actually has already come out, has made another anime debut this year um, with the film titled, and now let's take a deep breath. Let's try this it's out. It's all you. <laughs> Shinkansen transforming robot Shinka Lion the movie the mythical fast alpha x that came from future that's the translated I... title <laughs> okay so that is I think that's as accurate as we're gonna get at this point yeah uh, is the best I can do. Um, so Godzilla is appearing as as a kind of like a uh, small role in this film, just so like a little small part. Um, he's not one of the main uh, uh, characters in it, um, but he's going to have a cameo. Now, there has been a discussion of what the name of this version of Godzilla is going to be. Because, you know, we have Fire Godzilla, Burning Godzilla, we have Godzilla Earth. Now, according to the official, um, some official information that I've looked at, the kanji that they use for uh, this version of Godzilla is uh, Yuki. So it's Yuki no Gojira, and Yuki means snow. 
Now, okay. a lot of people have been calling him Ice Godzilla. Ice is a different kanji. So, but I don't think it really matters what we call him. Ice, snow. He's he's a cold Godzilla. I'll be honest with you. I actually like him, ten, even though he'll probably only be in the film for 30 mm-hmm. seconds. Right. Um, I feel like that is going to be more eventful than the entire anime series with Godzilla Earth. Yeah. I, I really enjoy the design of this Goji. Um, because it harkens back to some of the classic Heisei Goji. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, it'll be super interesting to see, um, uh, to see that film and to see what his cameo turns into. Yeah, there, there's been a, a small clip of it circulating on Twitter and other social medias, um, and he looks really cool. He's just like, he looks like, almost like Burning Godzilla or Fire Godzilla, but where they would where all the orange glowy parts are they're actually ice and snow uh and then he breathes like this wave of frozen breath uh that and it just it looks really cool i'm I'm excited for it someone did bring up that with this edition of it we have godzilla earth i see where you're going with this yeah so we have godzilla earth godzilla fire we have godzilla uh snow and ice now now we just and need godzilla wind is that what you're is that what you're yeah going godzilla wind i mean the the original <laughs> godzilla is kind of godzilla water because he's an aquatic creature so so yeah we need a godzilla wind earth just bring back earth wind and fire the goji edition yeah <laughs> i was thinking and then we need godzilla heart and then we'll just have a godzilla captain planet <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay so that's not quite where i was going with it <laughs> no um, I, I there's a lot of different ways you can go with it but that was okay. the one that i was thinking of <laughs> yeah okay see cat not to get too off on a rabbit trail captain planet was just not my thing going up <laughs> it's just it just yeah. wasn't yeah, I know a lot of people who are who are like that. I loved it as a kid, so. Uh, I mean, you could have gone the route of, like, Avatar The Last Airbender with the elements, and, you know, there's, there's yeah, a lot could've. of, there's a lot of different <laughs> things. Okay, so moving on to the next bit of news. The production of the unreleased fan film Godzilla vs. the Wolfman has reportedly been delayed. So uh, the film's- Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I know. It's already been delayed a few times. Yeah, it's um, been de- it's been delayed for years at this point already. Yeah. Yeah, it has. Um it was supposed to come out I think 2016 was the last time it was supposed to come out and then yeah, it got delayed like to 2020 and then they delayed it even longer. So yeah. So um the film's director Shinzo uh Nakajima has mm-hmm. stated that fans will have to wait a few more years to see the film. So anybody uh, who's too- a Go ahead. I'm not too broken up about it. Um, yeah. My only my only question is: uh, Are they gonna still use the King Goji suit from from all the photos that I've seen of it? Are they still gonna use the 1962 suit, or are they gonna try yeah. and use something else? Yeah, that's a good question. Because as as far as I know, I mean, have they even started filming on it yet, or are they just like I, I don't know. I, I always assumed that that at. was a fan film, to be honest with yeah. you. I, I just yeah. thought it was a fan project. Yeah, it, it, it is. And so I was just wondering if they, if they had already started working on it, then 
you know, or are they going to switch over to a different suit now or what, you know, what's the, what's the deal? Um, I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, I, I know a lot of people are looking forward to it and, and want to see it. Um, it is a fan film, but it's, it's got a high production involved in it. Um, so it's going to be good, hopefully when it comes out, but it's just taking a long time. But if anybody was interested in that, I just want to put that in the news story because it's Godzilla news. Now, this is this is an interesting story here that we're moving on to. So we had news come out that Godzilla versus Kong has gone back for reshoots. And as far as I can tell, this was kind of an official thing. Like we know for sure it was going back for reshoots, um, but we don't know how extensive the reshoots are. I, you know, I, I don't know. I've, I've read several things about about poor test screenings and um, some other yeah. some other things, which I don't think the reshoots, I don't think the, the fact that there's going to be reshoots, I don't think that scares me at all, to be honest with you. Um, that just shows right. me that they're trying to get it right. And if there was, if there was some stuff that was really off in the first version, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I, I want them mm-hmm. to fix it because if this is going to be the last film, in the MonsterVerse, I want it to be the absolute best that it possibly can be. Yeah, and and the thing is, too, films, especially big-budget films, always go for reshoots. Absolutely. Like, they, they, they have that in the contracts that, you know, if we need reshoots here, you know, come back for it and everything. And they're already, it's part of the budget when they're budgeting out that they're going to need reshoots. So, this isn't, like, a sign of doom and gloom. No. But... At the same time, what's interesting about it is we hear these words about reshoots. We hear these words about poor test screening. But then Adam Wingard goes onto his Instagram and he posts a picture of uh, the King Kong versus Godzilla from back in the 60s. And he says that he's uh, that he's working on the film. He's enjoying working on the film and that right now they still have a few more months of editing left to do not filming editing so if if there were reshoots are they already done and now he's editing them or you know it's like it's kind of a confusing thing i'm hoping that what they're doing is they're going back and trying to correct some of the cgi um yeah that's what i'm really hoping that they're doing because for this one i want desperately some daytime scenes I do not want mm-hmm. the whole movie to be set at night. I don't mind things to be set at night. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, the whole story, the whole thing about being shot in Hong Kong, all those um, uh, all those interesting lighting effects that you get from the city of Hong Kong could be really cool looking. Right. And the way it yeah. was done in the in Pacific Rim was really beautiful. So what I'm hoping was, or what I'm hoping is rather, um, that they're just going back and they're trying to correct some of the CGI to make it more mm-hmm. to to make it less messy because. To be honest, or to to be fair, um, the, some of the CGI in King of the Monsters was pretty muddy, uh, especially yeah. some of the battle in Boston stuff was. I mean, it was. I mean, it was good. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. overall, I was I was very satisfied with the film, but <clears throat> but some of the CGI could have been could have been better. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and 
and I mean, me and Steven have already reviewed that movie on the podcast, and so we and we gave it glowing reviews because we both enjoyed it. But one of the things that even at the time that we reviewed it, I said, I think there's just too much going on in the CGI and too much going on that it just kind of you're just overloaded with right. the amount that's happening on screen. And so, yeah, I would like to see them kind of dial that back. But but with with CGI, any kind of correcting of CGI and any kind of uh, reshoots is usually done before the editing process. So if Adam Wingard is saying he's in the process of editing the film now, you'd think that everything is done. Right. I mean, I would assume so. so. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, completely up to you know i don't know everything involved in making a film so i don't know but uh but anyway so so adam wingard says everything's going good got a few more months of editing it'll be ready by november even if there are reshoots doesn't mean doom and gloom let's all stay positive (laughs) about it like we're excited for it we're excited for it and we're looking forward to it so um Travis, for this last little bit of news, do you want to issue a quick spoiler warning? So if anybody does, yes. if anyone wants to skip ahead, go ahead and do so for the next, um, we're going to try to keep it with under a minute. Yeah, we're going to try to keep it about a minute. I will put time codes in the description to show when we're going to start the next segment, which would be the actual review of Ultraman 66. Um, so... You can skip to that, but we're going to discuss, we're going to try to be vague about it a little bit, but we're going to have a discussion about the Godzilla versus Kong spoilers that have surfaced thanks to a toy expo in Hong Kong. Yep. Now, anybody who's not interested in being spoiled at all, please go ahead and fast forward to the to the next segment uh like i said i'll put time codes in three two one you've been warned so so yeah we got these leaked photos from a toy expo in hong kong Mm -hmm. and they apparently if i'm if i'm not mistaken they are playmates toys or are they ban- yes. are they Bandai Creations toys? Okay, so they're Playmates toys. No, they're, they're, yeah, they're Playmates. Okay, so um, they're Playmates. They're, they were Playmates. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so in the in the photos, the leaked photos, which um, ha- they have been, they've been, they've pretty much been confirmed as true since um, I think Legendary and Warner Brothers are really giving the axe to all these channels and accounts that yes. are posting these photos. So I think there was a. I think uh, Kaiju News Outlets issued a warning to everyone on Twitter mm-hmm. who was involved in this. Like, if you have photos or if you are doing yes. any kind of review of these photos or speculation videos or posts or whatever, you need to take them down immediately because Warner Brothers is not playing around with this. Right. Uh, yeah. They, they are so, apparently pissed that this happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's understandable. I mean, I was kind of upset that I saw them. I mean, I know I've got to uh, talk about the news and and stuff on this podcast, so I'm going to get spoilers. But I kind of would have liked not to have known the things that were spoiled. That we know now. I mean, I mean, yeah, the fact that there could possibly a certain mechanized kaiju being making Mm -hmm. an appearance in the film is exciting and yeah. sort of um, disappointing at the same time because I was kind of hoping that its appearance was going to show up later on if there if the monster verse right. was to continue 
Um, right. Which could lend some credence to the fan theory of a team-up, which I personally mm-hmm. do not want. I do not want a team-up. I do not want... Right. I, I want a clear winner, whether that be Goji or Kong or whatever. I want there to be a clear winner. Um, now, yeah. And these toys can very well indicate that there could possibly be a team-up. Um, and there's also some interesting things uh, also shown off there, like... Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to word it and trying to be very vague, but a uh, yeah. Do you remember in the animated series from um, uh, from the Godzilla 90, 1998 movie? Do you remember mm-hmm. Cyber Godzilla? Yes. So there was a toy that sort of reminded me of that. That was. But are you talking about the one specifically that has like the orange yeah. on on it? Yes the the red oh. the red dorsal spines or red back plates or whatever. Right. The red armor. Yeah. The red armor. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It it looks and that and that one. If you there's another image and again we're, we are in a spoiler territory, so you know people be warned. Um, the toy for that is actually listed as mega godzilla yes so what that entails like you said it could be like cyber godzilla from the 98 cartoon uh could be something else could be just a a toy and not actually even be featured in the film my well i'm kind of hoping that it's that that they're going the route of trend masters where if you remember the old trend masters toys they Mm -hmm. took existing kaiju and they just slapped armor and all kinds right. of stuff on top. I'm hoping that that's the case. Yeah, I, that's I what I was it. thinking too. I doubt it, yeah. but I'm hoping that's the case. Um, which one of my theories is it's not actually our Goji, but it's maybe mm-hmm. Dagon. Like the remnants, like oh, the, okay. the remains of, say, uh, Dagon or something like that. Because if you remember, uh, if you ever read the, the Aftershock comic, uh, they, mm-hmm. the first half of the comic really references the history of Dagon and how... Dagon was a, a species, a, a descendant species of Godzilla and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I'm, my theory is that that is probably Dagon that they have uncovered somehow and they are, and, right. and his body was so emaciated over the time, period, yeah. a time period that they had to do something to, to give him new life. And so the use of cybernetics could possibly be that way to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm still interested to see how it's played out in the movie. So it's not, it didn't ruin the movie going experience for me, but it is kind of like if you were expecting, which Steven is one. So I'm, I'm hoping that Steven's not going to listen to this segment um, because Steven is one who was kind of not wanting to be spoiled for the film. So, uh, you know, if you're that kind of person, then this could be huge a huge disappointment to you just because now you know yeah and that's true so, yeah that, i i fell yeah. i fell on the same camp but, but i think we probably should just move on from this just just so that yeah. we don't get too deep into it and for the folks that are still right. listening um i'm sorry we tried to be as vague as we possibly could uh but it's almost mm-hmm. impossible it's really kind of impossible uh when yeah when the things that when the things that we're talking about are so specific 
Right. And now, and one last thing before we move on from this, uh, the biggest spoiler of it all was we got the confirmation of Bearded Kong. <laughs> Beardy Kong. <laughs> I love it because there was in the background of the toys, there was an image of King Kong from the movie and he had his beard, the beard that we've been hearing um might be in the film you know kind of like you know that they they've said might be in the film so my new favorite king kong version is beardy kong he's my favorite of the donkey kong clan <laughs> as someone who tries beardy to grow kong. a beard at least once a year like a like a full-on beard uh, i can respect <laughs> that I, I respect it yeah i'm looking forward to that so all right so now we are out of spoilers so if anybody who was not wanting to hear the spoilers this is a good point you can jump back in i know uh i'll put the time codes in there so you can jump to it but um yeah so now we're going to move on to our main topic for this week so uh our main topic we are going to be reviewing ultraman uh 66 episodes four through six um we already know that but i do have the trivia question that i asked last week uh that uh kind of hinted to what we were talking about this week. So the question was, what aspect of Ultraman's look did the original designer not like and try to fix in the follow-up series Ultra 7? And I honestly And we've had I honestly oh, thought I'm sorry. I I think there's a, uh, that's fine. I think there's a little bit of delay. But um probably. <laughs> uh I honestly thought this question was going to be harder to answer than it was. To be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised how quickly people got the right answer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we had uh, a, a few answers from different sources. So we had Brian uh, who sent in. He had an asymmetrical butt. <laughs> now, <laughs> this brought up a question that I asked. Do Ultraman got the booty? <laughs> I think he do. I think he do. <laughs> he's he's definitely been doing his squats. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. The leave it to Brian to always have a funny answer because he just always has a funny answer. Um, David Marshall from the Kaiju uh, Apostle Podcast uh, also had a funny answer: the Ultra Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! You're gonna make me cough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a. I, Spoiler for later on in the discussion, I have something that ties in with that answer to discuss about one of the episodes that we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, Eric Hurd on Facebook said, the color timer, because Ultra 7 doesn't have one. So he was the first person to get it correct. Congratulations, Eric. And then Mutant Sasquatch on Instagram said, the color timer, you also got it correct. And then Nicholas Blackler on Facebook said, I believe it is the red timer. So the color timer again. He said he just started getting into Ultraman a few months ago, so he wasn't 100% sure. And that was answered on the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. And anybody who's listening who does not know or has not joined, please check out the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. Absolutely. We'd love we to have you. Have a lot of fun and post a lot in there. All right. So moving on, we uh, I'm not going to go into a breakdown of the cast and crew because we already did an Ultraman episode 
before me and steven did one and the cast and crew doesn't really change <laughs> other than you know maybe a few guest stars here and there but the main cast doesn't really change so i'm not going to get into that but we'll go ahead and do a uh plot breakdown for uh episode four we're going to jump right into we're going to take it episode by episode sure. is that going to work for that, you michael that works perfect all right so uh, the plot breakdown for episode four, which was titled five seconds before the explosion, an accidental explosion causes a rocket to crash into the Pacific with six atomic bombs. One of the missing bombs explode, causing a massive tidal wave while on leave at a seaside resort, uh, SSSP agents, Fuji and Hoshino, uh, <laughs> spot an amphibious humanoid monster called Ragon, who had been mutated by the atomic explosion. Hayata rushes to the scene. Forced into action, Ultraman defeats Ragon with his spacium beam, defeating the monster without detonating the bomb. Ultraman then disposes of the bomb in deep space, saving humanity once again from nuclear annihilation. So now, what did you think of this episode, Michael? I enjoyed it. Um, I think in my in my since we're going to be trying to review three episodes at one time, so I'm going to go, I'm going to dive, I think we're probably going to be diving straight into the likes and dislikes of each episode, I'm assuming. Right, um, yes. So, um, I actually enjoyed how suspenseful, how suspenseful this episode was. Um, mm -hmm. I think you added in the notes that it was, it would have been just sort of a, another monster rampage if it was not for the, the addition right. of the atomic bomb. Uh, mm -hmm. and the stress that came from that because, um, you know, when, when the monster Ragon arises from the sea, he has this other bomb that has not yet exploded attached to his body. And so they have, right. they have to find a way to both stop the monster and do so in a way that does not set off the bomb, which, you know, it's a really neat, it's a, it's an interesting storyline, um, yeah, and I was. I yeah, and I think that saves it from being kind of generic and and bland. Is that extra element of uh, suspense there? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Yeah. Um, probably. And another thing that I actually enjoyed. I think it, this may have been one of your dislikes, but um, I actually enjoyed the design of Raygon. To be honest with you, um, I feel like he's a unique kaiju. Uh, he's a very mm -hmm. he's a well done kaiju, and because. You know, let's let's be honest. Some of the some of the kaiju from the Ultraman series, they don't look great, um, right? Um, but I feel like the they put a lot of work into his design and his development, uh, his monster development, whatever character. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I just really enjoyed. I just really enjoyed uh, Raygon and his design. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of the fun facts to that is he is the first Ultra Q kaiju to make and mm -hmm. to make an appearance in the in the uh full ultraman series at this point right yeah so if anyone is not aware um because we do have people who are new to the ultraman kind of mythos and stuff um there was a series that predates ultraman this ultraman series called ultra q now ultra q did not have ultraman in it that was just kind of like a twilight zone type show with giant monsters and um we are going to cover that at some point on the podcast but i wanted to jump over that one and get straight to the Ultraman because when you talk about the rest of the Ultraman series or the Ultra series, it's all Ultraman. You know, the Ultraman becomes the star and he's just, you know, continues on. So I wanted to kind of skip over Ultra Q 
you know, to get started right into Ultraman. But, but yeah, Raygon was one of the ones that had appeared in that series, that original series, and was brought over to this series. So he's the first one to actually do that. He will not be the last. Though. No, absolutely not. And um, I think what one of the things that really stood out to me in this episode was it felt like there was real stakes involved. Like there was not mm-hmm. just these fake stakes. Like, you know, the world is not going to end if... Well, right. it felt like the world was, if they did not stop the bomb, the world was legitimately going to end. And I and I liked that suspense mm-hmm. part of it. I really enjoyed that part of this episode. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, One of my favorite, or this episode has one of my favorite moments in the entire Ultraman series. And that is a moment between Captain and Ide. Ide continues to be one of my favorite characters. I just love Ide so much. But there is a moment where Ide uh, has to go and fix coffee for the captain. And he comes and brings the cup of coffee to the captain. The captain drinks it without making a face, without moving, without budging, just completely stone cold. He drinks it and then hands it back to Ide and says, Ide, drink this. Ide drinks it and says, oh, that was salt. Not sugar. It was salt, <laughs> not sugar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he accidentally put salt in it instead of sugar. And just the combination of Ide, who is so over the top in his just acting and his comedy and his physical comedy that he does, paired with uh, the understated, very stone, very uh, straight man mm-hmm. uh, style that the captain is. It works almost like an Abbott and Costello kind of uh, pairing, and I love it. It was one of my favorite moments of the entire series. I laughed out loud and just loved it. Their characters play off each other very well. I thought so. I mean, it, and that and that yeah. that happens throughout the entire series. Uh, but, right. But it was really. But that moment, I, I knew what mo- I knew what scene you were going to be referencing as soon as you started, because I thought that that part was really funny too. Um, yeah. So, but I like Ide's character. I feel like he's a genuinely mm-hmm. funny person. Like he's not forcing himself to be funny. He is a genuinely funny mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, as far as all the other characters, um, I think Akiko uh, was pretty good in this episode. Uh, Hoshino wasn't as annoying as he can be in other episodes. <laughs> it's true. Um, uh, then you have... Um, What's his name? Uh, Arashi, Arashi. Yeah, I think. I think uh, the Arashi. other agent. Yeah, yeah, Arashi. He um, he continues in this episode to kind of be. I don't know. He kind of just fades to the background. I almost like forget that he's there sometimes. Um, but he's not a bad character and he does pretty good job in this particular episode, but he still just kind of doesn't have that same like presence that uh, the captain or Ide or Kiko or even Hayata has. Um, Hayata and Ultraman, of course the fighting between Ultraman and Raygon, great physicality there. Um, seeing, these two characters, because Raygon is not in a big, huge, bulky kaiju suit. He's actually uh, in a you know slim humanoid suit. So seeing that humanoid monster fighting the humanoid Ultraman means there was a lot more physicality there in the fight that I enjoyed. Um, now, this is a nitpick. 
but mm-hmm. um, I really don't think his roar matched his matched his body, to be honest with you. But it was sort right. of a generic Baragon roar because that mm-hmm. roar pops up a lot in the Ultraman series. Yeah, it's like they just keep just like the Baragon suit itself. Um, it just right. keeps be, it just keeps getting recycled and recycled and recycled and. Um, I just didn't think that fit. It was, I mean, it wasn't off-putting or anything. It just seemed weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know about you, but I, uh, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of dislikes from this. I don't either. Um, I really don't either. It's one of the standout episodes so far for me. Um, now I'm already in ultra seven, but as far as the ultra man series itself, it's one of the standout episodes mm-hmm. for me. And I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Same here. Same here. So um, you know, I could go into some nitpicks, you know, and kind of you know, little things, but it's like, yeah, you know, that that's not fun and those are just little minor things. So um so we can go ahead and move on to the next episode if you want. Um we'll go ahead and hop over to episode five, The Secret of Migaranda. Uh, and the plot breakdown for that one is the presence of a strange green mucus at various murder scenes comes to the attention of the SSSP as part of a recent string of suspicious deaths in Tokyo. All the victims were members of the expedition to a new atoll in the South Pacific. The sole survivor recounts the discovery of a huge, beautiful flower before be- being attacked by an Insectivorous? 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 I guess that's how, I think that's how they said it. Insectivorous? In the English dub, I think that's how (laughs) they said it. I don't know how to say that word, Um, but a a, a carnivorous plant. Um, It's soon discovered that the attacks came, came after members of the expedition drank from an island spring that nourished a living flower. The plant monster, Greenmon, uh, Greenmons, meant to protect its growth when it seemed uh, when it seemed like the intruders were drinking from Migaranda's water supply. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so we have basically a a murder mystery featuring a green monster plant thing. There was a lot going on with this episode and to be honest with you, it was so much that it was kind of hard to process it all. Um, especially mm-hmm. with, um, <clears throat> especially with, if you're watching it with subtitles and you're constantly having to read, you're, you're reading, you're yes. reading so much that you can't really pay attention to what's actually going on on screen. Um, right. But, but I mean, it was a good episode. I really enjoyed sort of the murder mystery aspect to it. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of biological kaiju, like, uh, um, Biolante from the Heisei series comes mm-hmm. to mind. I really enjoyed uh, that particular kaiju and if they can and when, whenever they can bring something that's a little bit more <clears throat> natural like something that you would maybe potentially find in nature that but has been slightly mutated i find that more mm-hmm. interesting um now i will say that i feel like this episode would have worked better as an ultra q than an actual Ultraman episode yeah I, I definitely get that vibe too. It it has more of an ultra Q feel to it than Ultraman because um, I was thinking even at the end of it, I was like, you know, really, you didn't even need Ultraman in this episode at all. No, you didn't. Um, but now for me, my likes um, for this episode, I'm with you. I love I love plant based 
uh monsters uh there's something about just i have a soft spot for plant-based monsters like you said uh biolante <clears throat> excuse me uh biolante and then uh audrey 2 from little shop of horrors uh the triffids from day of the triffids oh. yeah feed me seymour <laughs> um so I love the I love that it's a plant that's doing this, and I love the murder mystery kind of feel to it. It almost, and I, I kind of liked how it almost felt like an old Universal monster movie, kind of like the Mummy, yeah, I can where see that. the scientists, yeah, where these scientists go somewhere and they unearth something that they shouldn't have, and now it's come to seek its revenge on them. Uh, is kind of that's a kind of a trope of that of that old. 30s monster movies and it's really funny that you mentioned that because later on in the um in the ultraman universe there is mm-hmm. a very similar episode to that kind of mm-hmm. lend that kind of leans into that whole um uh, the mummy like the mythology and things that surround like the, the story of a mummy and stuff like that uh it's uh-huh. late it's later on it's toward i think it's um referencing here the um the book that came with my Mill Creek release, but just to make sure I'm trying to see what episode it was um, to be a hundred percent sure. But it was later on in the series um, that you kind of, you get a legitimate mummy. And I, I just think that was funny that you mentioned mm-hmm. that since they actually did that later. Yeah. On. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, I, I have watched ahead, um, not just these episodes, but ahead. So I do know which ones you're talking about. So yeah. Um, Again, Arashi in this one kind of does stand out a little bit more than he has been standing out in other episodes or the previous episodes, um, because Arashi just tends to fade to the background to me a lot of times. But in this one, he kind of stepped forward and seemed to do a lot more and have some more agency in this episode than he did. I mean, in the previous episode that me and Steven did, there was the entire episode he spent frozen in place by Baltan. So seeing him out doing things at all is a step up from what he's done up to now. Um, So he did stand out a little bit in this, but ultimately this, as much as I liked the idea of the creature and I liked the idea and the murder mystery, I really liked the pretty much two thirds, first two thirds of this uh, episode. When the plant grows gigantic and Ultraman has to jump in and save the day. That's where it fell short for me. I'm like, you know, I kind of would have just liked this episode without Ultraman. <laughs> I, I felt the same way. I, I feel like the the addition. I'm. Mean, I, I, it's an. It's the Ultraman series. So I, right. I get it. Why they had to do it, or why they felt like they had to do it, why they had to work him in there somehow, some way. But mm-hmm. I felt like the last part. It was sort of unnecessary because. I mean, like, I think I wrote in the show notes, it was just sort of lackluster at the end. Like, the final battle between Green Mons and, and um, Ultraman was just, I mean, they could have they could have ended it when, when the humans finally mm-hmm. defeated him. But, right. you know, they had to make it bigger and, and bring in Ultraman, which, you know, that's fine. But I just felt like it was, unne- yeah. I just felt like it was unnecessary. Um, like I said, I feel like this episode felt more of a more like an ultra Q than an Ultraman episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like that would, it would have fit better within that series. But, um, but I, I appreciate it for what, for what it, what it's trying to do. Like I said, the murder mystery, um, the murder mystery part of it, 
was great. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there was a there was a whole lot to unpack with this episode. You really have to pay attention to what's going on to get right. what's going on, especially if you're watching the subtitles. Now I watched one with mm-hmm. sub. I watched the subtitles and then I watched the English dub. Now the subtitles in English dub, the dub the the subtitles are clearly different than what the English dubbing actually says. Right. But you get the idea. You get the basics of the episode. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and just one last little note from me too is, um, I do like anytime the Subaraya um, productions does a monster that doesn't fit like your typical bipedal or even uh, four legged monster. You know, when when they start messing with like your typical biological looking uh monsters because like we had Ragon and then the next monster we're going to talk about they both kind of had humanoid aspects to them whereas this one was not humanoid at all you really couldn't see any humanness <laughs> in the design at all and so i like when they do that i like when the suits kind of branch away from the typical two-arm two-leg design i do too and i think it because because it just gets boring after a while when you have right when you just have animal kaiju or humanoid kaiju um mm-hmm. as your as your villain so i mean yeah i really enjoy, like i said i really enjoyed this episode um and um i just, I just think that it worked i think it would have just worked better as an ultra q instead of an Ultraman. yeah definitely all right moving on to the next episode episode six the coast guard command while visiting the port of yokohama uh, Hoshino's friend spots a monster in the bay that we later learn is Gesra, an amphibious lizard that feeds on cocoa beans, which is the beans that's used to make chocolate. Uh, it's said that Gesra is a gentle creature, but has somehow grown to such tremendous proportions, Ultraman must step in to stop the monster from causing more damage. Now, this plot breakdown does not include some of the best parts, which is the fact that Hoshino and his friends also stumble upon a diamond smuggling ring and have to single-handedly take down these diamond smugglers without the help of any adults in the episode. And... That was my favorite part of this whole episode. Um, <laughs> now, what did you think of this? One? I liked it. I liked it. Um, like I have my nitpicks about it, but I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. sort of the. Um, I think this one was the one where we both agreed that it was very James Bond like, um, yes. because you have the aspect of the diamond smuggling ring plus the unknown disappearance of the cocoa beans, um, which later we find out is because of a giant monster, but you know right uh, it's ultraman so but yeah I, there was a right. lot there was there wasn't a whole lot to unpack with this episode but there was enough to keep you interested mhm yeah and this one uh me and steven have talked about in the previous episode where we reviewed ultraman that hoshino can kind of be very grating and annoying very much um he doesn't annoy me quite as much as he did steven because i I kind of grew up on some of the old uh, Japanese animes like uh, Speed Racer and all those that always had a kid sidekick. That's just kind of a trope that's part of Japanese stuff. So Hoshino never bothered me as much, but this is the episode where he really did a good job. Like it, it, it wasn't annoying. It wasn't grating. I actually really enjoyed his character in this one. Whereas in episode four, 
he just got off. He just seemed to got on my nerves. I don't know why. He didn't really have a. He he just got on my nerves. I don't know mm-hmm. why. There's just something about that kid that it just it just bugs me. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's he is kind of annoying. But there's something about Japanese television, especially old school Japanese television. They love throwing in those kid sidekicks that kind of act as almost like a mascot for the heroes and they're just always there and they're never really done well <laughs> i'm sure that there's probably a reason why and our friend oh our yeah friend um david marshall could probably unpack the re- mm-hmm. unpack the reasons why that is um but of course we don't have enough time to to unpack that here but but i, w- I would be interested in right. having that conversation as to as to why in japanese culture and japanese television uh, there's usually, or more times than not, a child sidekick. So there's got to be a reason behind mm-hmm. it. Whereas in American television, you don't see a whole that you don't see that a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, we did for a time. We did have it for a time, but uh, we don't see it as often nowadays as we used to. Um, one of the things that I enjoyed in this was that. Hayata was trapped under the rubble okay. when the monster was attacking and could not reach his beta capsule at first. I think that added something extra that he wasn't just instantly turning into Ultraman, but he actually had to struggle to get to there. Uh, the, I actually liked that part of this. Yeah, it was, it was a good um, little bit of drama to add to an already mm-hmm. tense situation. Um, I think it was well done. Uh, and like you said, it was it was better to me. That was that was that was better than just say, beta capsule, boom, Ultraman, go. You know, just right. how it typically is done. But yeah, that that was a good bit of drama that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Now, how did you feel about the monster Gesera in in this episode? Well, I will be honest. I um, I was disappointed. To, I would be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I. I um, I really felt like they could have just dialed it back a little bit and not mm-hmm. made it. So I know it's, it's Ultraman. It's a kid series. It's a Kaiju. It's, we have to suspend our belief for just a little bit, uh, for the 25 minutes that we're going to be watching these. And, but I feel like they could have done something that appeared in, a, in appearance was a little bit more natural. Like if this if this animal right. was supposed to come from say the Brazilian rainforest, which now there are very colorful, very unique animals in the Brazilian rainforest, mm-hmm. and I can see where they were pulling their inspiration from, but I feel like they could have done they could have done a better job with it. I really do. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I was not a fan of the design of Gesra. Uh, he just. I don't know. There was too much, like like you were saying, there's too much going on. You know, he's aquatic, so he's kind of got like a fish face, but then he's also a lizard. He's got fins. He's got hair. He's got all kinds of... Oh, talking about the Ultra Bulge. There is a part of that suit design that, and it gets shown in quite a few scenes. In that suit design, there is a little dangly bit in between the legs of the monster that's not his tail. It's a separate piece from his tail that was really distracting me. <laughs> I will have to actually go back and rewatch it. Now I didn't notice it. 
Um, <laughs> but now I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it to, do- to just to make double sure of what you guys. There is. It, I'm telling you, there's a little dangly bit that's hanging down in front of the tail. So it's not part of the tail, but it's down there by the tail. Right. And it's just like, what is that supposed to Maybe be? Maybe it was the suit coming <laughs> apart a little bit because, I mean, this th- No, it looks like it was molded into yeah. it. So I don't know what it's supposed to be. Though. I mean, I don't know what it was supposed to be. I couldn't imagine what it was supposed to be either. I mean, these, suit, these suits get so baggy, especially when... Um, when you're doing a lot of water scenes because they just soak up water and they get baggy and they get loose in places. And so I'm hoping that that was part of it. Um, But again, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it just so I can, just so I can see what you're talking about. Because honestly, I didn't notice it. (laughs) Oh, It's there. Trust me. Uh, Listeners. If you go and watch this episode, it's there. Um, (laughs) Now the thing, thing that's interesting about Gesera's uh suit um that it was originally from uh Ultra Q is from the the Peter is that what the name of that Yes, I think he uh, yeah, called? he was a pet lizard. Um oh, yeah, he was yeah, a pet right. and and the boy named him Peter. Which oh, okay. is okay. kind of weird considering the conversation we just had. Yeah, I know. I, that's why I, I need to go back and watch Ultra Q now and see was that dangly bit <laughs> added onto there from from ultra q or was it there originally i don't know um but yeah so uh and then they added the fins from the Raygon suit that we talked about earlier uh and made this new kaiju um i really really wish they had gone with the original idea for gesera the original idea for gesera was going to be a giant mutated bee larva and they were going to um take uh an an old mothra and repurpose the Mothra kind of suit and make that into Gesera. And I would have loved to have seen that, that would have, because that would have been That would have been more interesting better. to me than a generic lizard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I know, who was it? Was it O'Reilly in the uh, Kaiju Groupie Facebook group? Uh, who is a fan of Gesera? This was his favorite. Oh, yeah, he is. He is, a, he is a fan. I, I, I've never understood that to be honest with you but you know to each their own i suppose (laughs) so we're sorry if you're listening to this um that we are kind of hating on (laughs) your favorite ultra monster but neither one of us really liked it but i mean he was he was really popular i think we made a post or you made a post uh maybe today or yesterday uh about about our episode that we're going to be doing today and he gesera actually ended up being more popular than what i expected yeah uh in fact i do want to um read out some of those ones because uh that now that you reminded me of that let me pull it up here so yeah i posted on all my social medias i posted uh that today we were going to be recording this episode and so i asked of the three kaijus that featured in this in these episodes which one was everyone's favorite and so we got some responses uh nicholas blackler that we mentioned earlier um said he's going to let me know <laughs> uh, because he was watching uh, the episode with Raygon right then and he was going to come back. So he's going to come back and, and tell us. So we'll share that um, whenever we he gets back to us. But um, Cody 
on the Facebook group said, uh, Raygon reminds him of the creature of the Black Lagoon. And I think that might be why I like that creature so much. Because it does remind me of the creature from the Black Very Lagoon. Very much so, yeah. And I do like the creature. Um, uh, you have Oichi Samasama uh, on the Facebook group who put in about the um, Green Mons. Uh, he shared a picture of Green okay. Mons, and so that was his pick. Uh, and then Daniel Gonzalez uh, said Gessera. And then, like we said, O'Reilly also loves Gessera. And Gessera is mentioned um, a lot on the Facebook group uh, every so often whenever Ultraman monsters come up. So you're right. He is kind of popular. I just, I don't, I think that it's just too much for me. You know, it, it, like his lower half is almost very skeleton-like, uh-huh. very almost bony, and then his upper half, he's very lizard-like, but then also has the fish head and the hair, and it's it's just, it is a lot there going is, on. There's just, it's just so, a ton um, going on with, with, with the design of that of that particular monster, and uh, he's not my favorite, but I can understand why people love him. Um, but I really am glad yeah. that they that that they brought up the comparison to uh, the the creature from the Black Lagoon when when ter- when they're talking about Raygon because I absolutely one hundred percent see that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's it's true. I really like that. Um, but yeah, as far as that episode episode six goes, I enjoyed the episode. Just not a fan of the creature design and not really a fan of the like Ultraman fight that was going on it was mostly underwater it was <laughs> um but uh but otherwise i liked the episode so yeah it was it was a unique I, I thought it was unique as far as the plot and and everything that went into that goes as like the um I about said drug smugglers the diamond the diamond thieves <laughs> um that uh-huh. aspect of it was really interesting um and then you throw ultraman and kaiju action on top of that I, it was a really solid episode even though i just don't care for the kaiju itself right yeah now um anybody who might be new to the podcast we typically do a godzuki score for movies that we are reviewing um godzuki being uh godzilla's bumbling nephew from the hanna-barbera cartoon from the 70s and we like to pay homage to the great godzuki by kind of using him as our scale for how good a movie is or isn't (laughs) um but with these Ultraman episodes, I uh, prefer not doing a Godzuki score because I'd like to, when we finish the entire series, come back and then give our Godzuki score for the series as a whole. Okay. Um, so we're not going to do that today. But do you have any final thoughts about these episodes before we move on to our last segment? Well, um, you know, although I, I really enjoyed episode five for some of the traditional horror elements. Uh, I'm sorry, episode. Yeah, it was episode five. Uh, for the traditional horror elements, episode four was mm-hmm. the standout to me. Um, it may it, episode four may actually be kind of g- really generic on its surface, but I think with the with the drama, um, with the dramatic the dramatic element with the atomic bomb and you know them trying to def- them trying to prevent it from going off to ultimately destroy the world, um, I think it added a really good bit of drama to that that I thought that I really enjoyed. I mean, like I think we both said that. Um, there's really nothing bad that mm-hmm. we could have said that we were willing to say about uh, episode four. Yeah, yeah. I think episode four is the standout for me. Um, I did enjoy, I actually enjoyed all three of these episodes. Um, and especially I like that we are, at least right now with with these episodes, we have 
your typical kaiju storming onto land and attacking the city, but you also have something else. You have an A plot and a B plot, and I kind of like that we're getting the A plot and B plot um, going, because up until now, there's just been the A plot, and the A plot's been the only thing. So I like that they're adding that extra element to this series as they're going. Um, but yeah, that was that's my final thoughts there. All right, so... Uh, moving on to the mailbag, uh, we have a couple of um, questions that were sent in from people who listen to us. If you want to send in an email or tweet or whatever, you can do that. You can email us at uh, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at kaijuweekly. You can now send over messages on Instagram at kaijuweeklypod uh, on Instagram. So any way you want to reach out to us, reach out to us because we love hearing the listener feedback. We love hearing your questions. We love discussing your questions on the show. So the first question that we have comes from the Monsters vs. Men podcast that we mentioned earlier. Uh, so they sent over, and I, I'm not sure who this was, which of the two hosts this was that actually said it. But, I reached um, it was just I reached from, out to them and uh, uh-huh. to ask, but I believe if I'm uh-huh. not mis- if I'm not mistaken, this is Eric. This is Eric asking the question. Okay, Eric. Okay, because I, I just know it came from their official Twitter, so I didn't know which one of them was actually sending it. Um, so I just listed it as Monsters vs. Men podcast. Um, he says, I'm just starting out watching Ultra Q. What episodes should I most uh, should I be most looking forward to and why? So you are more versed in Ultra Q than I am. So I'm going to let you answer this um, one. Okay, so when I when I talk to Eric, I'm going to assume this is Eric. Um Mm-hmm. So when I talked to him earlier, I asked him how far he was, and I think he he let me know he was at episode four. So he's not too far into it. So okay. there's there's plenty of right. content to look forward to. Um, mm-hmm. One um, one episode, and I'm I'm gonna try not to go into full detail because I don't want to spoil it for him because I want him to to actually watch the episode to get its uh, to get its full effect. Mm-hmm. But one episode that he has to look forward to are actually back to back. Uh, episode uh, mm-hmm. 14, which was called Tokyo Ice Age. Um, uh, it sees the return of a really awesome kaiju that you'll see in one of the previous episodes, uh, which I'm not going mm-hmm. to say. Um, but just it has something it has. It's it's an interesting plot where you see this this monster come. He's in Tokyo and. Uh, he basically freezes the whole place. And so they have to find a way mm-hmm. to not only stop the monster, but also unfreeze the entire city. So it makes for right. a really interesting dynamic. Um, uh, probably another standout episode that comes to mind was, um, like I said, uh, it was, there was two back to back that I, that came to mind when I, when I read the question was episode 15. Uh, and that was, um, Canagons or Canagons. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Canagons cocoon. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's just a really good human story, um, and mm-hmm. it's actually got a lesson to teach you at the end of it. So um, I know the guys really like. Um, I know the guys like um, movies with 
actual messages or has has something to say. Mm-hmm. And so that episode of Ultra Q, episode 15, um, was really interesting because it was unique and it told a really good human story. Um, and it actually taught you a lesson by the time it was over. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with you on that one, too, because um, Kanagan is one of my favorite designs from the Ultra Q series mm-hmm. um i really liked his design and so that and that like you said it had something to say and so that episode really stands out um so that one is the one i'm probably going to go with um trying to think if there's any that i want to bring up because uh i i it's i don't really know that much about ultra q i mean so. ultra q is a whole um, i i um I went to it knowing absolutely nothing about it, and I was pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised by the entire series. So, I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, if he's already on, if he's only on episode four, I mean, there's a ton of stuff to look forward to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, for some reason, I was thinking, didn't Pigmon from Ultraman? Didn't he make his first appearance in Ultra Q? Or am uh, I mistaken? Did, actually, but I the design of Pigmon. Uh, was actually not called Pigmon, if I'm not mistaken. It was called, um, uh, and I'm cheating here a little bit because I'm looking through my. Yeah, that's why I'm going to have to look it up because because I remember Pigmon. Pigmon. I remember that design showing up, and Pigmon, yeah, you know, that design comes back quite a few times throughout the Ultra series. Um, he made his first appearance in episode thirteen. Um. As a kaiju, which the locals nicknamed Gara Garadama, I believe, if I'm reading that correctly. Um, oh, Garamon. Garamon is what I've got here okay. listed. But yeah, he, um, yeah, Gara, it's uh, Garadama is how it's listed in my Mill Creek, in my Mill Creek booklet here. Oh, uh, okay. And then. Oh, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. Garadama. Yeah, and then episode 16. Uh, the episodes is the episodes titled um, Garamon Strikes Back. So, right, that's, yeah, that's where, where that's, that's where you're getting from. that yeah. from. But, but yeah, I think yeah, it's not until I want to say Ultra Man when he actually goes by the mm-hmm. name uh, Pigmon because Pigmon. it is a smaller yeah. version. It's a more human sized version mm-hmm. of Garamon. So Garamon is the the fully evolved large version whereas pigmon is the mm-hmm. little human-sized uh version right i just i have kind of a weird attachment to him he's he's kind of goofy looking and kind of cute in a weird, in a weird way, way yeah. and so i kind of like him yeah so i um you know to me that would be something to look forward to if you're watching ultra q is those episodes um but yeah but but i'm i'm definitely on uh on michael's side with uh was it kaga um uh um, yeah Conagon. That was a. That is an the, excellent uh, episode. And this is not so, a spoiler, um, but I call him the purse monster. And you'll yes, understand why when you, yes. when you watch the episode. Yes, <laughs> he definitely is. And he's actually one of the monsters that was uh, released as a Funko Pop when uh, Barnes and Noble had their uh, Ultraman Funko Pops come out. So, you know, you had. Ball- oh, he was. Yeah. And um, anytime you see kind of. Anytime you see like Ultraman mm-hmm. art, 
usually he's featured in that artwork. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So he's fairly popular. Yeah, yeah he is. Um, okay. So uh, thank you guys from the uh, monsters versus men podcast for sending that question over to us again we want to tell anybody who hasn't listened to them who's listening to us to please go over i can't imagine we're going to make that big of a difference on their numbers because i mean they're doing such a great job of podcasting and we're still just getting started you know but uh but yeah if we can do any anything to help boost their listenership I want to do it. So please go listen to them. They're doing great. They're going through right now the Godzilla movies in order. And they finished all of the Showa ones. They're now in the Heisei ones. And so they're moving through and they're doing them all in order. And guys, it's Heisei, not Asai. Now, what gets me is uh, I know that they record ahead of time. I'm, I'm figuring out how far ahead they record their episodes because I saw them tweet that out i think it was eric who tweeted that out saying he finally figured out how to pronounce it but in the episodes he's still saying hasai and so i'm like you're gonna know when they finally catch up to all the pre-recorded episodes when he finally switches back over to heisei instead of hasai (laughs) i just think that's funny i I thought i thought it was i'm not trying i'm just trying to bust your balls a little bit eric but Yeah. yeah I mean, um, yeah, pronounce I it how funny. you want, because who cares? It's a word. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so then we also have a question from Brian Stafford, who sent in a question. If each of the five 2020 Oscar nominees for Best Director were tasked with making a giant monster movie featuring an already existing kaiju character, what do you think would be the best pairing for each of them, and who would make the best movie? So we have the uh, best. Uh, the the nominees for best director are Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, Bong Joon Ho, uh, Sam Mendes, and Todd Phillips. So, who? What already existing kaiju would you pair with each of those directors? I this was tough mm-hmm. because each of each of those directors have their own personality. Yeah. And some of the films that they've made, and Todd and um, Todd Phillips has made some of my favorite comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably I would start with him, and I would say I would like to see him do a remake of War of the Gargantuas, mm-hmm. but with a more of a car or with a more of a comedic edge mm-hmm. to it. Um, and probably next from that, uh, I'd like to see uh, Bong Joon Ho uh, take a stab at the Gamera mm-hmm. series. I think that would be pretty okay. interesting. Um, Sam Mendez, I would really want him to maybe take a stab at the ultra, at something to do with Ultraman, but make it very um, um, not all the way Bond-like, but sort of like bring in some of those espionage mm-hmm. um, elements to it, like he did with um, he directed um, shoot Spectre. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. James Bond Spectre. Yeah. The, the, the last and, uh, James Skyfall Bond movie. too, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so I would like to, I would like him to bring in some of those, some of those more governmental dynamic elements to it, to an Ultraman movie or show or series or, or whatever. Okay. Um, Martin Scorsese. I don't have an answer for Martin Scorsese because he's such, he, he makes, he's, he's, he's really well known for, um, gangster mm-hmm. films uh taxi driver the goodfellas um 
oh shoot what was the other one oh god he's worked a yeah, lot with Al Pacino and, um um the Irishman casino, casino I think the Irishman yeah. and casino yeah I think casino was the one I was okay. thinking of uh, so he's worked a lot with the, those some of those old school mobster movies, and so I really don't know what I would pair up with him. To be honest, yeah, with you. Uh, I like it. I like his work. I just don't. I just don't know. Um, then Quentin Tarantino. Uh, this was just sort of a stab, and I just kind of threw this out there. Maybe doing a Rodan remake um, because he's heavy in on the action and some of the. I, I feel like you could probably do a Rodan uh, remake and just kind of make it. Um, I don't know. Just Tarantino affy it. I, I don't know, really know how to answer. Yeah, that. those are those are some good picks. You've got some good picks there. Um, for me, um, uh, Bong Joon Ho. Uh, he's the one who directed. Uh, what was the movie? Um, Kaiju movie. Didn't didn't he direct uh, the the Korean? Paris? No, was it no? Uh, was What's the it other Parasite? one? Was his most yeah, recent. Parasite's the most recent, but um, let me look that up. Um, yeah, the host. the host. Was it wasn't that him, or was that somebody yeah. else? Uh, I would honestly have to look that up because I don't know uh, for sure. Nope, nope. I was right. Uh, he he was the writer for the host and the director for the host. Okay, yeah. I was like, I thought that was okay. who it was, but I was like, uh, um, to answer the second part of Brian Stafford's question. I think Bong Joon-ho would be the best one. Like if he, if anybody, if any of these made a kaiju movie, who would be the best one or who would make the best one? It would be Bong Joon-ho because he's already proven that. that he can do an amazing kaiju film. Um, so I would personally, if I had to give him an already established kaiju, give him Godzilla. Like, give him the big guy. Give him Mothra or Godzilla. Give okay. him one of the big name ones because he deserves it. Or Gamera. I, I do like that you mentioned Gamera, uh, too, because he deserves it. He can do a great job with one of those, and I think he would do the best one. Now, I'm with you as far as Martin Scorsese. I don't know exactly uh, which one I would pick for him. I would probably pick one of the uh, European giant monsters maybe like uh gorgo you know something that's a little more uh european and takes place in an english-speaking setting and stuff like that so yeah i don't know scorsese is the hardest one to to pick uh there you're right now as far as uh sam mendez i like that you you went with ultraman if he was to remake a an already existing movie uh, I would love to see him do something along the lines of Godzilla versus or, or uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, because that movie already okay. on its own had a lot of James Bond-esque elements, and okay, I can and see so that. bringing those, you know, his experience with James Bond in like the new era of James Bond to that kind of story would be great. So something along the lines of Ghidorah the three-headed monster for him or even the original uh 74 mechagodzilla would be yes. interesting because there was some some of those espionage yes. elements to that film definitely too. but but ultraman you're right ultraman would be a good pick too um 
Quentin Tarantino, the only one I could think of for Tarantino was Gamera, and it was strictly because if you ever watched the old Showa-era Gamera, there was a lot of blood coming from that giant turtle. <laughs> and so... And Tarantino, Tarantino loves and he blood. loves his blood. So, <laughs> um, and Todd Phillips, uh, I'm gonna go with you on Todd Phillips. I think War of the Gargantuans, he could he could do something fun with that. Um, like you said, even if he did a, it more of a comedy, made it more comedic, that would be great. Um, so yeah, so that was a, like very st- st- sort of like Step Brothers, yeah, but the, <laughs> like the fi- the the fifty meter tall, um, yeah. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> um, but that was a good question. Had, you know, made us think. Made us really think on it. So thank you for that, Brian Stafford, for and for always listening to us because he is one of our longtime listeners. So absolutely, thanks, Brian. Um, now, as far as next week's trivia question, I do not have a trivia question figured out because. The film that me and Steven were planning on reviewing, we're going to have to switch out and change to a different film because he is not able to watch the one that we were going to review. Um, So I don't know as of right now what movie we're going to review next week. So I can't give you a trivia question to answer. Um, But if I find out, I will post it on social media and we'll talk about it in the next episode and I will give people shout outs. So keep an eye out on our social medias. That is on Instagram. We are Kaiju pod, Kaiju weekly pod and on Twitter at Kaiju weekly. You can also Find us on the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group because we are a part of that Facebook group. And so you can always reach out to the uh, podcast through that group. (laughs) And also you can always email us at kaijuweekly at gmail.com. And so that's the best way to get in touch with us. So to close out this three week long experience of having Michael as our guest host, I want to just say Thank you so much for filling in for us. Uh, it has been a lot of fun, and we've had a lot of great conversations here. I mean, it's been my pleasure, um, and I'm sure you guys, you guys will see me again, or you guys will hear me again because you can't see yeah. me. Um, but you guys will hear you, you guys will be hearing from me again at some point, hopefully very very soon. Uh, I'll be uh, I'll be popping in every now and yeah. then uh, when the, when the conversation sounds interesting. So. <laughs> But yeah, I mean it's it's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Travis, for letting me come on here and just talk about giant monsters and and some of our favorite films. And it's it's just been a lot of fun. So yeah. it really has. It really has. So listeners, make sure that you stick around because, like Michael said, we have an open invitation to him now for him to come on anytime he wants to guest star, to guest host. I mean, uh, guest star. You're going to be the guest star. <laughs> no, the real. <laughs> the uh, go ahead. The li- I was gonna say the listeners probably need a break from me anyway. Yeah, because I tend to ram. I tend to ramble. <laughs> I do too. Um, I was gonna say the real star of this podcast is actually podcast cat Daisy, <laughs> who is not in the room with me like she normally is uh, each week. Oh no, no she's okay. actually out wandering around somewhere else. So. Um, but yeah, usually she is in the room with me recording and sometimes she'll make some noise. So if anybody hasn't heard, but me reference the podcast cat, that's 
that's what it is it's my cat that stays in the room with me usually when i'm recording and uh if you follow us on social media you'll see plenty of pictures of her because i share more pictures of her than i do of actual kaiju (laughs) so all right well to close out this episode i'm going to say help control the giant monster population have your ultra monsters spayed or neutered (laughs) we'll see you next time guys and have your mechs decommissioned yes (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys i appreciate it (laughs)